0: god yes yes fantastic and it doesn't matter what it's like out there in here we're here to just give god the glory and to give him thanks and praise um no extra notices that i'm aware of um but mark will be talking about patch the pumpkin later on when he does his talk so let's just um, calm ourselves and um just start with a word of prayer father god we thank you that you are sovereign lord You are King of Kings and Lord of Lords and high over all. And so this morning we come to give you our praise and thanksgiving for who you are, for what you've done. Lord, it doesn't matter how we are feeling this morning because we've come to praise you. Um, It's you alone that we come to worship. And Lord, we know that you'll be here by your spirit. Lord, just come now, fill this place, fill homes where people are on Zoom, just um, flood everything with your holy spirit lord and just meet with each one of us now for we ask it in jesus name amen so those in the the sanctuary you may stand to sing and you don't need your masks on those at home you sing but make sure you are muted um and let's just give god the glory
1: praise joining together to honor your name jesus is lord we will sing over everything everyone's coming to praise showing the world it is jesus who reigns he is the light and the way over everything so lift up, up your, your voice, voice to our god for him. Vigo!
0: before our God this morning. We've got a song to sing, then sing it out. Let's just give God the glory. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Glorious in His faithfulness.
2: From lamentations, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning and great is His faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait on Him and to the soul who seeks Him. King David said, I saw the Lord always before me, for He is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. The Lord has made known to me the ways of life and he will make me full of gladness with his presence. Amen. to cry, Holy, 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 peace, peace, Jesus, 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 Jesus,
1: Jesus, at Jesus, feet. This is my desire, O oh, Lord, this is my desire. Rest in your presence, not rushing away. Will your love surrounds me.
0: Oh, Father, thank you that we can just come into your presence, Lord. We don't want to rush away from it, we want to just stay here, just in the bathing the glow of your, your goodness, your beauty. Lord, we just thank you, we praise you, Lord. You are so so amazing, and so, Lord, we come this morning to just give you our thanks and praise, Lord. We just bless your name, thank you, Jesus, Lord. We want to just lift before you, not just um not just our congregation here, Lord, we do pray for them. We pray for every person here, Lord, that you would just um, bless them. Lord, for those on Zoom, would you just give a special blessing? For those sheltering, for those in fear, Lord, would you just bring light? Lord, we pray, especially on this day, Lord, we know what this day means in the secular world, but Lord, bring light. Bring light today. Um, Lord, we just want... Your light to be shining out into this generation. And so Lord, just cover this nation we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mark, would you come and share with us? So this time Mark's not just saying he's back from holiday, hello. <laughs> hello?
3: Am I on? now Now? yes yes i'm on i'm on excellent hi everyone there's so many of you it's amazing it's really good to see so many people here today Um, and as steve said i thought i'd do a live talk today rather than a video so all of those on zoom i hope you can see me and hear me well i hope everything's working but first Steve's just alluded to it, but wanted to ask you a question. Anyone know what day it is today? Shout out, it's not a trick question. It's Sunday, yes, okay. Let's go a bit broader. There's a clue there, it's not a trick question. It's Halloween, isn't it, today? But I wonder if anyone knows, because Halloween's not the original name for today does anyone know what the original name for today was that's right it's all hallows eve because it's the day before all hallows day just like christmas eve is the day before christmas day all hallows eve is the day before all hallows day and then it got shortened to halloween um, now, All Hallows Day, we probably know better as All Saints Day. And I'll just warn you here, this talk is going to jump around a bit, because my mind works like that, OK? <laughs> um, so All Hallows Day is co- more commonly known as All Saints Day. And it's the day where we remember all the saints and martyrs who've gone before us, and we give thanks for all the Christians who've, who've gone before us and, and brought jesus light into the world um, and here's the boring bit the technical bit if you like so all hallows day was first instigated by a guy called pope boniface or bony Face, i don't know how you pronounce it um, the fourth in the year 609 Which is quite a long time ago 1500 years ago or so, and and then that was on May the 13th, though, and then another Pope a guy called Gregory the third changed it to the 1st of November in about 837 so boring bit over. Um, But is that what we think about when we say Halloween I don't think it is is it so it got me thinking um, because we go to the shops don't we and we see all the aisles packed with witches costumes and ghosts and ghouls and pumpkins and all fake cobwebs and all that sort of stuff we walk around the streets and we see that don't we and I was wondering to myself how we as Christians or we should respond to that how how should we think about that and then i thought about what we're doing this afternoon and for those of you that don't know we have an event on here at 5 30 this afternoon patch the pumpkin and we'll be serving drinks and burgers and giving away goodie bags to engage with our community this afternoon and so i was thinking about that and i was thinking well why are we doing that And then that got me thinking about pumpkins. As I said, it's going to jump around a bit. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking about pumpkins and I thought, well, pumpkins are a bit like life, aren't they? so I went out and bought a pumpkin, as you can see. It's not communion, it's a pumpkin. (laughs) Um, And I hear you ask, well, how are pumpkins a bit like life? Well, this pumpkin is Nice and clean, it's bright orange. It's, it's almost perfect on the outside, isn't it? It shows a really, really good face. There are a few bumps and scratches and bruises on it, but generally it looks pretty good. And I think sometimes we're like that, aren't we? We try to put a brave face on everything. We put our, our best sort of facade or, or best front on so that people think that we're all right, because we want people to think we're all right don't we but get me knife out if I just quickly cut round the pumpkin and we we'll just take the lid off put that there for a minute if you look inside the pumpkin I don't know if you can see it's full of rubbish and junk and, and mess look at that it's horrible And i think that's a bit like us isn't it certainly it's like my life my life is full of mess it's full of junk it's full of rubbish maybe i've been upset by someone maybe i've upset someone else and and or maybe i've been hurt maybe i've got worries and concerns disappointments that happen in life i don't know and i can't tell what's happening with you guys from the outside but if i look under the skin we've all got loads and loads of mess inside. But you know what? Jesus doesn't want us to be like that. He doesn't want us to be filled up with mess. So Jesus came to earth and he died on the cross to be with us in that mess, didn't he? So if I take this mess out of here, because the next bit won't work if I leave it in, Because Jesus, he's not saying that mess is going to be taken away, but he wants to come and be with us and support us and live live with us in our mess. He died on the cross to bring light to our lives and to our world. He died on the cross to show his love and bring his love to us. And he wants to give us that love. And live inside us and that is what the cross is all about I've completely gone off track by the way (laughs) Um, because when Jesus came to earth he came to bring his light now I've only got two matches so I hope this is going to (laughs) work oh there we go I'm gonna put that in there and
1: oh yes
3: and so jesus wants to come and shine his light into us and have his light shine out into the world because as christians we have a responsibility don't we to shine jesus light into the world and that's exactly what we're planning on doing this afternoon with patch the pumpkin we want to engage with our community and shine Jesus light and Jesus love on our community because Halloween's odd isn't it it's the one day of the year if you think about it when you're at home it's the one day that a lot of non-Christians will come and knock on your door and engage with you as a Christian (laughs) never happens otherwise does it How many times do people come and knock on your door and talk to you, but we have this massive and amazing opportunity on Halloween to share Jesus love and Jesus light in our world now I wonder. There might be some people here who feel like they're living in mess that they feel like their life is a mess. And today might be the day that you want Jesus to come and shine his light into that, that mess. So if that's you, even if you're already a Christian, we can still live in mess. It's not exclusive. Um, Jesus wants to be with us in that mess. So if that's you find someone after the service and have a chat and maybe a talk, and we'd love to pray with you in that mess. I'm not saying that Jesus is going to take it away, but he's going to make it easier to cope with. And he's going to be with you in that mess so thank you i'll blow that out and you might see this pumping again this afternoon
0: (laughs) thank you mark so i think it's time for uh, young people if they're going to their groups to go to their groups Way i'll go this way (laughs) turn your mic yeah (laughs) because I can't guarantee anything if you don't turn your mic off (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) thank you Mark that was was fantastic and and slightly messy by the looks of it so (laughs) wonderful um so today um Martin's finishing off uh the series that we've been doing in Psalms so we can we have today's reading please So today's reading is from Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Let's pray for Martin as he comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that were in that psalm. Lord, we thank you that you are a a God who sustains us and keeps us. And so Lord, now as we hear your word, Lord, would you just bless Martin? Would you just anoint him now? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Well morning everybody and thanks to Steve and the worship team. What a great sort of start to the service that was wasn't it? Really powerful anointed time of worship so thanks guys that was that was brilliant. Really enjoyed that. So we're looking today at worshipping in contentment. Um, This is another of those psalms which comes out of it seems crisis uh, for David. King David was spent a large part of his life in crisis on the run from King Saul in danger in fear of his life actually on with the threat of death often hanging over him and so sometimes as Christians in our western culture it can be hard for us to sometimes get inside these psalms because they are about Christians, like David, who face real threats, even threat to their life. We might think, well, this psalm might have more to say to, uh, to Christians in persecuted countries that face the threat of death or physical harm or imprisonment. Um, but actually, I think in this past year and a half, or whatever it's been, the pandemic has affected us in our relatively comfortable Western culture. No longer can we hide away and pretend that life isn't temporary and fragile. Every day, it seems we have daily deaths, don't we? As as a statistic, within 28 days of a positive COVID test, seems to be part of the news these days. But I wonder, for all the statistics, do we really, as a culture, face up to the reality of what death means In the here and now for the meaning of life do we ever really as a culture contemplate how death affects how we live in the here and now Um, back in the 1970s um, a guy called ernest becker wrote a really uh, influential book uh, called the denial of death which is still hugely influential today and this is he was not a christian by the way he was a secular anthropologist And this is what he said about um, death within Western culture. He said, the idea of death, the fear of it, haunts the human animal like nothing else. It is a mainspring of human activity, actively designed largely to avoid the fatality of death, to to overcome it by denying in some way that it is the final destiny for men. What Becker is arguing there, in rather academic language, is that whether we like it or not as a culture we cannot escape the haunting reality that death affects the meaning and purpose of our lives it it hangs over us whether we like it or not and his his argument is that people um, look, look to deny death by trying to leave a lasting legacy um, So for example, artists and um, writers could say, well, I'm gonna leave a lasting legacy, something that will um, affect culture uh, way beyond my lifespan, way beyond my death. What about the normal people though, like you and me? How do we cope with the reality of our mortality? Well, Becker would argue that there are certain values that Western culture uh, holds up in order to deny the reality of death, in order to try and, if you like, pretend that we are immortal. And those values would be things like wanting to be known as having been a kind and generous and compassionate person. In other words, when people remember us, we want them to remember us as somebody who left a legacy of kindness, compassion, generosity. In other words, we want the values that we held and demonstrated to live on beyond our death. And that's a good thing, of course, isn't it? Why why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we want to influence our friends and family in that way? That's a good thing. The problem, though, is that does not answer the question of what is the ultimate meaning and purpose for life. If everything is going to die eventually, including the universe, that's what scientists tell us, that eventually the universe will stop working and will pack up, Even the greatest works of art and the greatest books will one day no longer exist. That's the reality. And King Solomon would agree with Ernest Becker. Um, Solomon conducted an experiment and he took part in lots of activities in life. He built lots of big houses and temples. He indulged his, his pleasure in wine and women. He he pursued wisdom and was known as the wisest person in the near east but none of these things good as they some of them were actually gave him any sense of meaning or purpose in in life he found them all wanting he pursued them all and he found that none of them gave him the value and meaning and purpose that he was looking for because ultimately like becca he found that death made all of these things ultimately pointless. They would not last, they would disappear. Solomon concludes that the only meaning, purpose, and happiness is found in a relationship with God. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 24. A man can do, or woman, can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Do You see, this is the man who had everything. He was a billionaire, he was a genius in his culture, and yet he found that contentment, happiness, purpose could only be found in a relationship with God. Pretty simple. And Becca would agree, Not not with belief in God, but the fact that death haunts human existence. David, though, King David would agree with Solomon. Even though David faced threats to his life, I just find this verse incredible. David is probably on the run, facing death, and this is what he said. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. (laughs) He's got nothing. He's got no home. He's got no inheritance. He's got no land. He's He's got no possessions. And yet he's able to say, apart from you Lord, I have nothing, no good thing. Isn't that amazing? Could we say that? You see, this psalm is a meditation on how contentment and security can be found in life even in the face of loss for the one who puts their hope in God. Life is not about possessions achievements ultimately, it's about loving God, serving God, worshipping God. That's what David found, that's what Solomon found, it's what people like Ernest Becker never found unfortunately. And David teaches us that contentment in God is possible then in times of loss and insecurity, times when we're up against it. So I want to look today at contentment in times of loss, um, this is what David says in verses five and six. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now this is a man who's on the run, who's facing the threat of death for his life. And he says, I have a delightful inheritance. <laughs> it's rather odd, isn't it? Um, the language here comes from um, when Israel, crossed over the Jordan into the land of Canaan and you remember that the 12 tribes were given portions or lots of land in the land of Canaan. Each of the 12 tribes received a portion of land as their inheritance. But during the long years of his exile on the run, David would have had to give up all the security of his family and his tribal inheritance. He has none of the earthly inheritance and security that you would expect would give him a happy and contented life. And yet, having lost everything, David is able to say that in God he has a delightful inheritance. Isn't that amazing? Could you and I say that in the face of loss and insecurity and danger? But didn't Paul say something really similar to David in Philippians 4 verse 12? This is what Paul said. Remember, Paul is writing from a prison cell, a letter to the Philippians. And this is what Paul said. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul's in a prison cell and he said, I've learned the secret of contentment. Wow. He can be content in the worst situation. Are we that mature in Christ that we could say the same thing? If we lost everything, could we say with Paul, I've learned the secret of contentment? Could we say with David, the boundary lines have fallen in a pleasant place. I have a delightful inheritance because I have God and he's enough. Could we say that? This is challenging stuff, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm sure many of you have come across Corrie Ten Boom. Um, She's known around the world for her courage and faith. Uh, She faced and triumphed over the horrors of the Ravensbrück concentration camp during the Second World War. And there are words that she said that have lived with us. If anybody um, has a legacy, surely it will be Corrie Ten Boom she's famous for saying there is no pit so deep but god is not deeper still um, i think stuart townon probably penned a line in one of his songs around that there is no pit so deep but god is not deeper still that's powerful isn't it less well known about cory ten Boom is that following a stroke in 1978 She spent the last five years of her life totally incapacitated, unable to exercise any public ministry, and actually unable to speak. And yet in this world of enforced silence, she maintained a love and a joy in God that was recorded by her daily nurse companion, Pamela Rosewell. And Pamela Rosewell, who looked after Corrie in those last five years, was hugely challenged by Corrie's faith despite her incapacity and her inability to minister. This is what Pamela Rosewell says in the book The Five Silent Years of Corrie Ten Boom. this is challenging. In common with a large part of the Western world, I had set great store by strength and achievement. Don't we do that? A sense of satisfaction was gained by having a goal and employing all faculties strength and input from others in order to reach that goal. But what happens when a person becomes old, frail, brain damaged, and in some ways, apparently useless? Pamela Rosewell goes on to say of Corrie, she was living for God. I could see no difference in the attitude of the weak and silent Corrie to that of the strong speaker whom I had joined three years earlier. She served him then, she served him now." That's powerful, isn't it? Corrie Ten Boom, in her incapacitated state, exuded love and joy in God, so much so that her nurse carer was blown away by this. And in the face of loss and incapacity, Corrie would surely say, with King David, verse eight: "I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken." Isn't that incredible? Corrie Ten Boom was not shaken when her whole ministry was taken away. Her eternal destiny in Christ was secure. King David was not shaken even when he was on the run away from home and away from his inheritance because his hope and inheritance was in who? In the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Where does this confidence of Corrie and David come from? Where does this joy of of Corrie and David come from? Where does this ability to be joyful despite the circumstances come from in Corrie and David? And why are we not like this? (laughs) I may ask. I'll tell you, it comes from God's promised eternal king. That's where David's confidence comes from. You see, God made a promise to David that there would come an ancestor who would reign on King David's throne for eternity after David had passed on from this life. David's throne would go on forever into eternity. This would be no ordinary human ruler. This would be God's Messiah King. This is what God said to David back in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 16. When your days are over and you rest with your father, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body. So in other words, it's an ancestor of David. And I will establish his kingdom, your house in your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Do you see that? See, for David, the throne is not less secure when he dies, because God is going to put someone on the throne of David, an ancestor of David, who will reign forever. And so David actually believes that if God can do that, that God can give him eternal life too. Look at verse 10. Let's look at this, because you will not abandon me, that's David, to the grave. David believes that the God who can put a king on the throne forever is able to give him eternal life, so that God will not abandon him to the grave. The grave is not the end for David. Brothers and sisters, the grave is not the end for you as a Christian. It's the gateway into eternity. God has not abandoned us to death. We don't need to fear death. Death has lost its sting because Christ was raised from the dead and is victorious. And we are victorious with him. Hallelujah. And David in this confidence goes on to prophesy of, of Jesus. This is incredible, isn't it? thousands of years before Jesus, or at least a thousand, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Now, David's not talking about himself. You'll see that in a moment from Peter's sermon in Acts. The Holy One is no less than Jesus, God's promised Messiah. David is prophesying that Jesus will be the king who sits on the throne as an ancestor of David forever. That's why David has a personal confidence. Is our confidence in Jesus, the one who's risen, the one who's ascended and reigning at the right hand of the Father, the one who's coming again, is that your hope this morning? I hope it is. You see, David preached, uh, sorry, not David, That would be a miracle if David preached on the day of Pentecost, wouldn't it? Wow. (laughs) No, uh, Peter preached about David on the day of Pentecost. I'm not putting this on the screen. I just want you to to do that old fashioned thing of listening to the word being read out. Can we do that? (laughs) Do you remember, remember those days when we just used to read the Bible out? Peter said, men of Israel, listen to this. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact. Hallelujah. We are all witnesses to the fact that Jesus is risen today. That's why we're here. This is the Lord's day. It's the day when we celebrate and come together and worship the risen and ascended Christ. Hallelujah. The one that David prophesied about is the one that we worship today. David clearly believed That if God could grant eternal life to Jesus, to the future king, he could grant him eternal life too. So verse 11, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Who says the resurrection isn't in the Old Testament? Isn't that the resurrection? The Bible is consistent. It's one book. Promises of the resurrection are clearly in the Old Testament prophecies of the resurrection are in the Old Testament. We have the same God that David had, so therefore we have the same possibility of confidence, in fact more confidence that David had. Why? Because in this book we have seen Jesus, the one that David didn't get to see. In the pages of this book We have seen how Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross and rose again and ascended back to heaven, witnessed to by all the disciples and the apostles, we now have this in our hands and we can read a living account of how Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. So we should have more confidence than David and the Old Testament prophets because we've seen and experienced Jesus with our own eyes. David had this confidence before he'd seen Jesus. If you know Christ, you've seen him and experienced him in your heart through the Holy Spirit. So, God wants you to have confidence in eternal life and your future eternal inheritance this morning. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. God doesn't want us to live a life of insecurity and fear in a fear fueled world. He wants his people, us Christians, to be full of confidence, full of hope, full of joy, a light to our community, doesn't he? You know, I'm excited about this because this is the good news. I make no apologies for getting excited about this stuff because God wants us to be excited and filled with joy and filled with hope. He doesn't want us walking around like depressed and downtrodden. He wants us to be people who shine the light of his goodness and joy Mm -hmm. based on the resurrection. Jesus is alive he's risen he's reigning at the right hand of the father he's coming again and he wants us to be confident in that hope are we confident in that hope this morning Yes,
1: we
2: are. good church that's what we want to hear we're, we're in the word we're, we're, we don't base our hope and our security on ourselves or on our circumstances or what the world says we base it on the word of God and on Jesus yes, this world is not our home we're just a passing through Corrie knew that. She had joy and hope and contentment to the end because she knew Christ. Uh, Isn't it wonderful that the resurrection is promised to all those who trust in Christ? That as Christ was raised physically from the grave, so one day when Jesus returns, we will be physically raised with him, and we will live in a new heaven and a new earth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I almost broke out into, a, do you remember an old chorus? Yeah. Thanks be to God. I almost broke into, out into that because that was based on this, wasn't it? Who gives us the victory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, anyway. That, that. <laughs> there was no spontaneous moment of joining in there. was, it? I was Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we do not need to despair in a Covid world of fear. We do not need to fear what the economy is doing. It's not that we shouldn't be concerned, we should be concerned. We should pray, but we needn't be filled with fear and anxiety as the world is. We do not have a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit gives us a spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba Father. We have an eternal inheritance in Christ, which nothing can take away. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, right? Not hell not the powers of death, nothing in all creation. Your inheritance is secure. Hallelujah. So you can be content and I can be content in whatever circumstances, with Paul, with David, with Corrie, knowing that our inheritance, our security, our contentment, our hope are found in Christ alone. Sounds like another song, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> wow, you may not, I'm coming to conclude that I'm finding the, the, the level that I'm studying at really, really hard going. I'm coming to the conclusion I will never be a great academic. And you know what? That's okay. We're not put here on the earth to achieve what other people are achieving. Thank God that there are incredibly gifted people around. I'm not one of them. But what I have and what I am is total security in Christ. And I know and I have a confidence that my inheritance is secure, that my joy, my contentment is found in Christ. So I don't need to compare myself with people who are much more gifted than me because Christ loves me. He gave his life for me that I might have an inheritance. And he just says to to me, little old Martin, just get on and serve where you are. And you know what? I'll fill you with joy and contentment there. That's kind of freeing, isn't it? I don't have to be a superstar. I don't have to try and leave an eternal legacy because in Christ, I have a legacy. Jesus said, don't store up in treasure in heaven Sorry, in Earth, on Earth. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Heresy correction: Do not store treasure up on Earth; store it up in Heaven. Your, you may not be able to do all the things you used to do. Corrie couldn't at the end of her life, but you know what? She kept. I would imagine she just kept praying in her own mind. She kept loving the Lord. You may not be able to do that much. You may feel that your health. Uh, it sort of limits you. I guess the prison cell Paul was in limited him. The wheelchair that Corrie was in and her inability to speak, limited to her, limited her. But do you know what? You can carry on loving Jesus because that has eternal worth and value. You can carry on praying, that has eternal value. You can carry on serving in big and small ways because that has eternal value. You know, as you keep serving in your ways, in your normal, everyday ways, most of us in here are normal, I think, right? Don't have have many superstars, really, do we? Sorry if I'm offending you, but I don't, you know. (laughs) Everything we do for the Lord has eternal and lasting value when we do it for his glory and his name. However small, however big. So Paul would say, do not lose your fervor serving the Lord, because what you're doing has eternal and lasting value. As I was preparing this, I I felt God was saying to some of you that you, you may feel you've lost over the years some of your usefulness. And I felt that God was saying, you may have lost some faculties, or abilities, or mobility, or opportunities that you had. But do you know what? I want you to be content in me in the circumstances that you're in. And I can give you that joy, that contentment, right where you are, with your limitations. You don't have to compare yourself to others. You don't have to try and be a superstar. You just have to love the Lord and he'll give you contentment. Isn't that free? don't have to compare ourselves with others you've got your this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine right don't have to be a big light this little light of mine let it shine let's pray Jesus thank you for your word which is powerful I pray Lord for for those that are struggling with anxiety and fear that, Lord, this morning, you would give them confidence and joy in you. Holy Spirit, for those who are anxious or fearful, I pray right now that you would fill them with your joy, that the joy of the Lord would be your strength, that you would have a fresh confidence and contentment in God, Lord, I pray for those who may be feeling a sense of loss. I'm not as useful as I once was. I don't know why I'm still living. There may be some here who wonder, what is the point? Well, the point is that God has placed you where you are to love him and serve him and be content in him so that you can bring him glory. That's why you're here. And that's what he's called you to be. So Lord, take away the sense of pointlessness and meaninglessness that some among us are feeling. And Lord, I pray that you would give them real joy, real contentment, and a real sense of living for your glory in big ways and small ways. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I do, I really feel that there's some people here this morning who might need further prayer, so please stick around in here at the end of the service. We would love to pray with you. There'll be people here who will remain behind who will pray with you, but I, I do sense there's some people who are feeling, you know, why, you know, what's, what use am I, you know, what's God, how can God work through me, and I just want to—I just want you to be prayed for and to receive a fresh joy, and a fresh contentment. God doesn't want you treading water; He wants you filled with joy and filled with purpose in serving Him, whatever that looks like. Um, so, do let us pray for you and do remain in here, and we'd, we'd love to pray with you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Martin.
0: So we are finishing with in Christ alone, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Actually, can you just put up the last verse, please, for me, Carol? <coughs> just a uh, bit before that, right? Uh, don't worry, we can't. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let's let's just let's just go. To, we'll go to the start. It's fine. Just number one. Just press number one for me. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Christ alone, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love! What depths of peace when fears are still, when striving cease? My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone flesh fullness of God in helpless babe. His gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid, Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, Lights of the world by darkness slain, Sing, glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory skin's dust has lost its grip on me for i am his and he is mine born with the precious blood of christ in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny, no power of hell, no scheme of man, can ever pluck me from his hand
2: is one of those times when you just feel you've got to come forward and say something and another voice is saying no just sit still don't be stupid um, but anyway here I am just to say that during the service I was sitting there and I was so conscious suddenly of the sunlight just coming through the window and I felt the warmth and the light of the sun that just reminded me that Jesus is the light of the world and in jesus is the light and the warmth and in everything that's good about our world and so today especially on halloween i think we need to take that away and that we need to share that love and that light in every way we possibly can but especially today
0: amen Amen. and now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his presence with singing be glory honor thanks and praise forever and ever. Amen. 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 Please stay in here if you want prayer. Um, Otherwise, please join us for tea and coffee next door. Um, And let's just continue to to leave this place as a quieter place in here. Uh, For those on Zoom, you may unmute in a moment. Um, But thank you for joining us this morning. Jesus
1: is good.